Hello, and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. This morning is a slightly unusual Sunday. It's not going to be a normal sermon. Um, in, instead, we have um, a, a special guest this morning. Uh, she is a, a writer that sold over uh, 13, 14,000 books. And in the Christian market, that's a bestseller in the Christian area in our, in our country. She speaks all over the country. Um, she writes, she goes on radio, she goes all over the place. Um, she's part of our church and she also happens to be my wife. Um, so a warm round of applause as Kathy comes and joins us. I'm going to hire you as my PR man. You please do. Please do. Absolutely. Have a seat. Thanks. It's quite high. Do, do, can someone give her a look? No, that's right. Okay. Um, it's really great to, to have you, Kathy. just to spend an opportunity. It's not just an opportunity to interview my wife. It's um, about nine days you, ago. You, you, you're sick of the, my voice already. You don't need any more, do you really? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that. Because okay. um, it's being recorded. And uh, so... <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> we actually rowed on stage on the nine o'clock service. Do you need to know that? No. We may do it again, so let's just hold back on that one, okay? Uh, um, but so, so about nine days ago, a Kathy's uh, second book called Irrepressible, which it's is not my second book, then. Well, it's your second main. <laughs> I should have said before she came on stage, shouldn't I? Her second main book. She's done lots of other ones as well. They're main. She's Digging for Diamonds about five or six years ago, which was a brilliant book. Anyone read that? See, fantastic. And, and this next big book came out, and it's called Irrepressible, which is 12 Principles for Living a Courageous, Resilient, and, perp- and Fulfilling Life. Got nice, well done. I got it there, I got it there. Uh, and um, it, it's, it's just been released by SBCK. It's going to be appearing in Waterstones and lots of things, uh, lots of other places as well. It's on audiobook this week, went on to Audible this week. So it's, it's on great. Audible as well, which yep. is really exciting. But um, since you're part of our church, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to, to, to ask about, about you know, the, the book and, and actually to ask a few questions for us to find a bit more uh, about this. So, so first of all, what, what inspired you to write this book? Okay, well, first of all, thank you for allowing me, you know, you're my family and to be able to like share my heart behind this with the people who I love the most is really, really special. So thank you. And yeah, I did feel after a few years of I've had messages every week about Digging with Diamonds, which is amazing. But I really felt God was saying it's time to write another book. And as I began to put these principles together, which you will recognize many of them, they're they're so much part of our ministry and how we do life, how we do church, how we do so much. I began to feel like God saying to me, Kathy, I don't think this book is just for Christians. And Digging for Diamonds is quite a Christian book. And also, I think mainly women read it, although men have read it and enjoyed it. But I really felt like, no, this this one needs to go a little bit wider. But I wasn't sure whether my publisher, who's a Christian publisher, would be so keen. And I had a, a phone call with them. And they said, before we carry on any further, we've just been chatting and praying as a team. And we wonder if you would be open for this book being a general market release, to be in Waterstones, to be in WH Smith, to be in different places, and for it not to be so overtly Christian. It's full of God's values, full of God's wisdom, you know, full of things that you would recognize as you read it, but not so clearly packaged, if you like, um, as a Christian book, so that God's wisdom might go into different places. So these principles, I mean, they're things that I think we're really passionate about and that we've lived through a lot of it, some of our story as well. If you broke the Madavans in half um, as a stick of rock and there would be a, a word through it, you know, probably resilience and perseverance and having to deal with struggles and setbacks and to keep persevering on a building project and Mark's eyesight and, 
And actually, life is hard for so many people, but also life is full of opportunities. So I just really wanted to write some principles that might help people deal with curveballs in life, whether it's opportunities or challenges. So the so book office has 12 principles. We won't, we won't go through all of them. We'll just do some, we'll look at some of them in a second. Um, but the, the, I know that the heart behind is God values, but, but you've sort of taken the, the, the obvious God titles and Bible readings is, is not in there. And, and I know you had a chat with your publisher, but you, was this an easy thing to do? Was that an easy step to make that decision? Now, well, some of you in this room know this because I've talked about, about it with you and you, you, you've had me wibbling on in your ear quite a bit about this. I was really worried that Christians would think I'd sold out. I've got quite a, because I travel and I speak a lot, I've got a lovely tribe of people who I'm in touch with. And I was worried that Christians would think that I was just going for the money this time, which would be nice, but wasn't my main motivation. Um, that they would somehow feel like, you know, I'd taken God out of ministry. But no, my heart is that this book, yes, would benefit and encourage and bless and build up Christians to live strong, resilient lives. But this book would be a ministry tool so that you can take this into your workplace. You can take this into your school. You can take this to different places. There's questions at the end of each chapter. I had a head teacher contact me yesterday through Instagram, not a Christian as far as I know, who just said that she'd had a terrible Ofsted, the school was really struggling, and that there was a particular chapter in here, and she was going to walk through some of these principles with her her staff team to enable them to bounce back from this challenging time. That just made my day. I was like, yes, God. Wouldn't it be incredible if God could use this as a ministry tool for us to take it to different places and actually to bring what is God's wisdom into different places and that people might be able to taste something of the goodness of God through it. So these God principles are both for, for people who are following and those yeah. who don't follow, but it's just God's truths that, that hopefully make it accessible for them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's my hope. Your, your, your first principle, um, so right, it's almost the, the foundation stone is to know your irrepressible purpose. So, so why did you start with that one? And what do you mean by that? Well, irrepressible, obviously, the meaning of the word is that you can't be repressed. You can't be held down forever. And I talk about, anyone here old enough to remember the toy Weebles? Yes, and Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And how actually, you know, we know as Christians, when when we have got the, the life of Christ in us, and we have an irrepressible God who beat, as we've just been singing, who has beaten the grave, and we have Christ in us, and he is unstoppable, and we have Christ in us, and that's incredible. But I really want to deposit that hope into everyone, that they have a purpose. And I think foundational to any ministry that we do is that starting with who you are, in Christ. Every single person in this room is a bespoke, unique, one-off individual. There's never been anyone like you. There never will be anyone like you again. And you are here and you are called for a purpose. And every experience you've been through, every gift that you've got, every passion that you have, it's been put in you for a purpose. And you'll notice scattered throughout this book, there are people from this church (laughs) used as examples. I did ask permission. I'd like to point that out. I haven't named them all, but I'm going to name one now. So in this this chapter, or the one after, which is about knowing your distinctiveness, I talked a bit about Mark Sawyer's. Is Mark here? Is it over here? So I talk a bit about Mark Sawyer's. Now, some of you know Mark. Um, If you don't, you should. He's fantastic. Mark oversees giant naval engineering projects. He's absolute genius. But at his heart, Mark is someone who loves to solve problems and to use his incredible creative gifts. Now, a few years ago, I bought some amazing stained glass doors on eBay 
as you do. And we had a hole in our house that had been waiting for doors for 17 years. And I saw these church doors being sold for 100 quid. I was like, yes! So I got them down, and we paid a carpenter, didn't we, to fix the doors and to, to cut them down. He messed it up, broke the window, brilliant, um, nightmare. So I ended up with these old doors with antique hinges that are quite complex and unusual, and just thinking, I'm stuck. I've got these doors, and I don't know how to use them. Cue Mark Sawyers, who came in and, with all of his brilliance, spent weeks kind of pulling these hinges apart. They were a nightmare, weren't they, Mark? Absolute nightmare. <laughs> Pulling them apart, almost creating new springs inside them, getting these doors to work, creating a little magnetic closing system. And I'll never forget walking in and watching Mark just swinging the doors backwards and forwards, admiring the magnetic closing, admiring the hinges. He looked like a pig in muck. He was like <laughs> literally a happier man you have never seen. And it was like he, he did not do those doors just because I asked him. And he did not do it just because he had to. Mark does things like he does because it's how he's made. It's how he's made. It's his purpose. It's his passion. And it just, every time I push those doors, I'm reminded of how wonderfully and fearfully God has made Mark in his gifting. But also, it's the same for all of us. God's deposited, you know, I can sort of write, it's not Shakespeare, but you know, it's all right. And I can do that. And God's going, well, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with the passion and the purpose that you've been given? And everyone hears the same. So, so, so no, knowing that that purpose and things, because you said the head teachers looking at this, because they're trying to, to remind themselves as a school, as individuals, what are we here to do? Yeah. Uh, you, you spoke um, back in December, you, you preached here about the, the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. And one of the things is so often we, we can get labels on us that we think this is the type of person we are, or people say, and one of the distinctives that God brings is God, God puts a different label. God says, no, this is how I created you. Um, so, so, I mean, we know we've, we've preached that and you've done that here. Um, so your book doesn't explicitly say that God has put that in you, but does it hint towards that? Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, again, if, you, if you're a Christian reading this, you, you, you'll see God all the way through it. I do mention the odd verses, you know, and, and, and I talk about our church and stuff. So it's, it's not total denial. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not denial. It's about accessible. It's so that a non-Christian can actually read it. And yeah. or both of us can read it. Christians and non-Christians can read it and accessible. And these are truths that, that we need to keep reflecting on and stuff. Uh, one of your, um, one of the, in your, back to your title, which is about resilient. Because throughout scripture, again, it talks about perseverance. Mm. And perseverance is such a key thing that, that we forget that scripture talks again, uh, again and again and again about persevering and persevering. But you didn't put persevering in your title. You put resilient. What, what's the difference between, why did you choose that word instead of perseverance? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, perseverance is like a real passion of ours, and we speak a lot about the call to, to persevere. But I think sometimes we can think that perseverance is like gritting our teeth and just getting on with it. But actually, resilience is different. Resilience is about building habits in your life, building wisdom into your life, building things like a tribe of people in your life. I talk about building a tribe in here. Um, creating habits and principles so that we have enough margin. I'm laughing because people who know me are looking at me going, you are such a hypocrite. Your life is crazy right now. But anyway, um, it's creating a, a mindset, I think, and habits that mean that when curveballs come, when opportunities come, we actually have the ability to be able to respond like, you know, like a rubber band. We can, we can flex and we can, we can stretch back. But we all know that, you know, if a rubber band stretches too long and stays stretched for too long, it stops being stretchy and it just snaps. 
And I talk about in this, in this book about how we have to live well in the stretch zone. That none of us actually are supposed to live in Easy Street or Stress Avenue permanently. If you live in Easy Street permanently, your comfort zone gets very small and you stop growing. But if you live in Stress Avenue permanently, our, our well-being gets effective and we begin to snap and our behavior reflects that. So how do we live well in the stretch zone? What kind of support structures do we have? What internal habits do we have that mean that we can live well in the stretch zone, knowing how to recover and build as well? So, so that, that's kind of on one of your principles. So, so just go back a little bit. What you said is, so these principles, aren't, these are all the 12 things that I've cracked and, and now you're sharing your wisdom. These are truths that you keep coming back to again. Oh, I'm definitely a work and, in progress. And, and um, no comment. And, um, but, but we all are actually, aren't we? I mean, that's why we keep coming to church and, and we learn and we do small groups and stuff is that we, we continue to learn in this. And, and uh, your, your book sort of just brings them down to some essence of knowing your, your um, purpose. And one of those is about, about resilience, about building resilience, yeah. which, uh, that, tra- that training resilience. Yeah, there's a whole chapter in here called Resilience Training. And at this point, I'm going to shop my friend, Fran Hill. Where are you, Fran? She's there. So Fran is amazing, by the way. Incredible businesswoman, does incredible ministry through her workplace. But Fran is also a fit chick, aren't you, Fran? She's, uh, she, she is. So she's a member of a, a local gym. And I was talking to Fran about the fact that my middle-aged spread was, well, well spreading, really, quite fast, um, and that I needed to do something about it. And um, Fran was like, well, I tell you what, uh, come along to, to my gym with me. And I'm like, well, that's a very kind invitation. So the first thing she invited me to was something called body balance, except for it turns out my body can't. And uh, I was like holding onto the walls to stand up, a complete disaster, decided that was, that was a no. So the next time she said, come, come to a spin class. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't ever do it. So I go along, and it was literally one of the most humiliating experiences of my life. And I have no... How do you stand up and pedal? Like, what kind of God-given gift? Clearly not... Anyway, I was three seconds in when I realized I was in serious trouble. Didn't know whether to sit there for 45 minutes and cry. But actually, you'll see what happened in the book anyway. Uh, teaser. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really stressful, very humiliating, ended up in lots of tears. But Fran, being the lovely person, and not really someone who wants to humiliate her friends generally, said to me the next day, um, she said, Kathy, don't feel terrible about this. The truth is you can't build muscles overnight. Like, no one, no one could do this the first time. No one can do this stuff straight away. And of course, I, you know, I agree with her. I'm never, ever going back to a spin class. But I do agree with her, because when we... When we look back on our life, like the reason we're able to carry some weights, if you like, is because of the other weights that we've learned to carry. And you grow stronger, don't you? So if you're in the armed forces and you've moved 20 times, actually the thought of moving house again, you're like, yeah, I know how that works. I can do that. You you know, those muscles are well-trained. But for some people, the first time they move house, like they literally melt down. It's like you don't see them for a month. They're so stressed out because it's the first time they've lifted that muscle. And for many of us in different areas of our faith life, in our prayer life, in different areas of our life, we're actually, you know, we get better at handling conflict or we get better at facing challenges or we learn to push through and persevere because gradually our muscles build. The sad thing is that many of us have a spin class experience in something where you do something and you go and you pray a big prayer and it doesn't work and then we just give up. You know, I'm never doing that again. But actually God says, just start picking up the small weights 
and then gradually let me build in you. But that resi- I think resilience is a re- that training was that I, I love that training and building in that because I think you're right. Some of us have these big prayers and God doesn't come through in the way we want, so we give up. But I think it's something different in that resilience. I, I think it's about learning to keep praying, learning to, to keep engaging with God's word, learning those spirit those muscles because it's not that you're going to suddenly crack your spin class as in God I can do it. Mm. it it's about you you build up and and some of this about having a resilient life is is about um, each step of the way investing and, and good stretching habits. it is really Completely good habits good putting habits. in your life disciplines that mean that you're coming back things like there's a chapter in here called filling your tank so making sure you're not giving out more than you're putting in and there's loads of research about resilience that says it's your external structures actually rather than just inner kind of like oh I can do this you know it's a lot of the external structures around us and thank god we've got church and we've got small group but so many people just don't have what we have you know and it's it's kind of my heart cries that these kingdom things that we know work because they're God's truths that you know other people would be touched with the goodness of God as well because one of the things I'm not sure it's under this chapter about that whole about encouragement and discouragement because I think so often we are black and white aren't we about encouragement and discouragement and yet you talk about them a bit differently don't you yeah so one of the things really the framework of this book is understanding that we all get thrown curveballs and that sometimes we have a mistaken understanding of life if we have a challenging season well then surely after that we should have a really easy season and then after that maybe we'll be ready to face another challenging season because that's something that we we don't i think we just assume that as in you know if we got through a a real tough bit you're saying well surely i deserve some good luck now or now i think god's going to bless me now and 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 we we we, we're not that's what we actually think deep down in us and we often approach things like that don't we and that they'll be consecutive yeah absolutely but my experience of life anyone else here is that actually challenges and opportunities or blessings and struggles are simultaneous they're not you know they're not consecutive they come at the same time and I describe them as twin tracks that we learn to live in the tension of in order to get forward momentum and actually we can get derailed actually by both tracks if we get so obsessed with comfort and success over here that can derail us from God's purposes um, and actually, if we have you know real struggles and strains, often that can like bang us off course as well. But real wisdom and real resilience actually is learning to live in the tension of those two tracks simultaneously. Well, we know there will always be challenges. If you're a parent here and with more than one child, you'll know that you know with one child might think things will be going well. And you look over here and it's like ah, and it's the same you know in your workplace or anything, isn't it? Life is always full of challenges and opportunities. And rather thinking like work is me why is this happening this is life this is how it works and and it's life that's reflected in scripture you look at the life of jesus yeah and there's both good and and challenging at the same time and and actually to be through paul through scripture again these are biblical principles and and you just articulate them in a way that that are accessible well and that drives us nuts actually doesn't it when we go to conferences and it's all about like god will solve all your problems overnight we're like yeah right you know actually god is a god of miracles he's a god of breakthrough he's a god of his presence he's a god of the holy spirit but he's also a god who says it is sacred to know Christ in his suffering and I will be with you through walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death it's not either or because like the, he's the god of yes. the both because and the truth is he's the god of journey mm. and along life's journeys you have high days and low days you have difficult things and, and I think one of the great insights there was that they that encouragement and dis, encouragement and discouragement happen simultaneously 
Yeah, they're the two prefixes to the word courage. You've got courage, and you've got discouraged and encourage. And actually, we usually have both of those, and we find courage. And the word courage means to take heart. We find the word, you know, courage in the midst of those two things. So, so that, that's part of like, and some of your training in there. And, and along life's journey, when both things are going, is, is you come to another chapter of your books, which is called Waypoint Moments. Waypoints. That's now, a good and, word, uh, isn't it? Now, can, I, like can I just pause here? One of my concerns is her book's going to go out. People are going to go, oh, that's why they named the church this. And it wasn't. <laughs> we got it first. Okay, I'm just saying that. Now, so Waypoint, why, why have you got a whole chapter? One of your principles is about navigating Waypoint moments. So I, did t- I do talk about our church in here and, and about Waypoint. Because I was so, well, I think like we all are. I am so like encouraged by this concept of the waypoint, that waypoint sign, that it's a navigation marker where we stop, where we look at where we are, we look at where we've come from, we look at where we're going, and we think about the direction that we want to move in. And for me, a waypoint moment is a moment, it's a junction point where maybe something's happened in life. And we, we look, and I talk about Alice in Wonderland and how she's at a junction. And she says, well, which way do I go? And the Cheshire cat says, well, which direction do you want to head in? And she said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, it doesn't really matter what path you take then. And junction points, waypoints are moments where we get to think about what direction it is that we want to go in. But often waypoint moments are tough moments. They're the moments of, you know, in our life, they're the moments of a diagnosis or the moments like last year when, you know, the, 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 the operation we were hoping Mark would have didn't happen or they're, they're difficult times where suddenly you're at a junction where you didn't, you didn't know how to proceed. So I very cleverly, I thought, um, turned waypoint into an acronym and actually, this has only been out a week, the book. Already, this is the thing that I'm getting the most feedback about. So this is really exciting. And it's an opportunity for you to, you know, use it in your own life. So I won't go through it in detail. But so I basically said, this is why when you're at a junction point, a particularly difficult one, apply waypoint. So W, wait. Allow yourself some time. Don't rush to make big decisions straight away. Allow the reality to percolate. Get some sleep. A, acceptance, accept where you are, accept as honestly as you know how, where you are, get vulnerable about the feelings, embrace the truth, journal, pray, talk about it. Why? You, look after yourself, treat yourself as well as you would treat your best friend, but also accept responsibility where you need to. P, people. Don't do it on your own. Don't get through a waypoint on your own. Travel with other people. You need them, especially if they'll let you cry, but also make you laugh. Oh, orientation. Think about the direction of travel that you want to go in. When you've thought about things, face the right way, i.e. your future. I, imagine. What's the best thing that could happen here? What's the best outcome? And think about how to move towards that. Also, what's the worst outcome? Think about how you could move away from that. N, next steps. Just do the next right thing. You might not know the whole path ahead of you. You might not know how it's all going to pan out. But what is the next right thing? The next right conversation. The next right decision with my finances. The next thing to volunteer for. What's the next right thing? 
And T is something we say all the time, which is trust the process. Trust the process. This is not the end destination. This is just part of your story. This too shall pass. And trust the process. Things will unravel. So that's just, there's lots of different tools in this book. Um, it's quite, pra- it's a very practical. It's supposed to be a toolkit. But I hope that that Waypoint tool will be really positive. And I also hope it will mean people Google Waypoint Church at the end of it. <laughs> um, th- th- this morning is just, as I just draw to a close a little bit it is um, Kath- Kathy was concerned that we're going to cut the sermon slot for just a big glorified plug of her book and I had to just assure her saying no 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 it is Th- just really are- I, okay, I, this, is, this is where we argued shush <laughs> it does shush feel- <laughs> okay so I will cause... not be silenced it is it is I know no, see now you know what I live with okay <laughs> the, the reason it is is this, these are God truths and these, these, through this book, it has the opportunity of getting into some really interesting places. Uh, and, uh, what, and, and Kathy's part of our church family. And uh, this is an am- amazing opportunity that I know that we as a church, we want to be praying for her to say, God, will you use this book to, to let your kingdom come in? And, and um, th- th- I understand why she's a little bit nervous about a big plug, because it is selling books. It's saying, but actually, it's, it's a truth that may help. But we also want to make it very much personal to us as well. Yeah. Because these are biblical truths, biblical truths that, that, that you have a divine purpose given by God. Is that, but you need to choose to identify that and to invest in that. And that some of us, we, we, that we haven't been investing in, in that resi- resilient training, or maybe we're at a waypoint. Um, this, this morning we're going to be sharing in communion. And communion is the ultimate waypoint moment, as Kevin mm. said at the nine o'clock service. It's that point, point where you come to the cross, the ultimate the, the ultimate example of resilience of God who loved our world so much, even though we messed up and go our own way, he's saying, yeah, but I still love you and I'll mm. still make a way. And, and saying, this, I think this, heart, this book does the heartbeat of God and it's a great opportunity that points people. And I, I want to pray in a moment for Kathy uh, that, that God may use this book to touch people's lives. But I also want to pray for, for each of you. I've got, they've got these cards. It, yes, on your, cards. So I hope you've all got a card on the way in. If you've not, there's, there's plenty out there. That says you are irrepressible on it. I, I feel really awkward. I didn't want this morning just to be about me. I feel really embarrassed about that. Um, I really hope that God will use this book. But I really hope more than anything else that you will take away from this. If God can use a little person like me to write a book and bless people, he can use you too. Whatever he's put in your hands, God can use you. And I pray that... You will either keep this postcard for yourself and put it on your, your fridge or in your Bible just to be reminded, if you're, especially if you're going through tough stuff at the moment, that you are stronger than you know because you have Christ in you, treasure in your jar of clay. You're fragile, but he's so strong. And you can depend on him and he will see you through. So if you need that, I hope that will remind you of that. You might want to write some stuff that God says to you about your strength on there. Or actually, you might want to use this card to bless someone else. Someone who you think needs God's strength or that you see something amazingly irrepressible in them. Someone who just keeps going, keeps bouncing back or shows something of the wonder of the glory of God in their lives. You might want to just give this to them and go... You're in, might be someone in your workplace. Go, I just want to say, you're great. I appreciate you. I really appreciate you. So I just hope that it will be an encouragement to you. And I just pray that you will know that this is, you know, this truth is for you. That God has given you a calling. He's given you a purpose. Life won't always be easy. But God is always good and always with you.